Hello, this is Jacqueline Sanders Blackman, and this is episode 39. This is our series on one slide at a time. But you might notice, if you're actually following the, the slides and the, the whole series, this is the same slide from the previous episode because this one has a lot of layers. This one is focused on Scrum, the roles, the artifacts, the ceremonies, and the rules. And one of the things that I want to say as a caveat, whether we're talking about Agile and Scrum, even though it's simplistic, at the same time, Agile can be complicated. When you're trying to do a slide and just want to put a few bullet points up describing the Agile, yes, it seems simple, but the devil's in the detail. Keep in mind, Agile has been being practiced for 20 years, and I've been involved in some form or fashion of Agile for most of those 20 years um, from its inception. And whether I was on a team playing a role later being a scrum master to being a, a coach and then an enterprise coach, I've been involved with Agile. So I've seen a lot of teams. And so looking at that and seeing what works and what doesn't, there's a lot of details and nuances about making Agile work, especially since every environment is a little bit different. And team dynamics and people's personalities and organizational cultures. You, you put that in a bowl and you mix that all up. And how you approach Agile, how you interpret Agile is going to be different. And like most organizations, not everybody is starting with a blank sheet of paper and going into Agile. They come with whatever history or baggage. And that has an impact. Now, as we look at the slide and focus in on Scrum, and ceremonies in particular, my last episode, I actually focused on the two kind of silent or enabler type ceremonies, which was backlog refinement and scrum with scrum. What I didn't go into were the basic four. And a lot of you might think, I already know the basic four. We don't need to go into that. But the reason why the basic four, I want to go into it a little bit further, is that sometimes you just need to refresh it. They get stale and they lose their, their power and their, their value. So I'm going to take each one of them and give you some scenarios and some examples of where I've seen people really reinforce and really kind of re revive and refresh how they approach their ceremonies and it's made a world of difference. Okay, so let's start with the first one, daily standards. First of all, again, it's a mindset. Think of your daily standup as your morning pep rally. We're here to energize each other. We're here to be each other's caffeine and, and cup of coffee. So, especially in this virtual world, I still encourage teams to actually stand up, even with their videos on, stand up, angle that camera, but stand up or hold your laptop so that it's at eye level. But stand up because it's going to keep it short and sweet and it just kind of energizes you. In the daily stand up, make sure you're talking to your team members and you're being intentional about bringing information that is going to shed 
some type of light or insight or bring knowledge sharing uh, among your, your team members. One of the best compliments was when uh, I heard a team member say that every time they come to stand up and hear the engineers, this person happened not to be an engineer, but when they heard the engineers talk, it helped them understand the engineers, their way, uh, what they had to do, their work, um, what types of things frustrated them, what they needed to be more successful. And so the person said that they would take that information and to find ways that they, as either an analyst or tester, could help make the situation and set the engineers up for success when they got the, the user stories or when they were going over test cases or identifying um, bugs that they might have found. And I thought that that was really, again, an example of the mindset of someone in stand-up taking in information, even though it, you know, they weren't engineers, but taking in information and trying to find a way on how they could be a better team member. That's it in a nutshell. The other, I will say the other thing that I think words and phrasing matters. And so I'd like to use the phrasing of what did you accomplish yesterday? What do you plan to accomplish today? It's really for you to have a, a sense of progress. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be a blockbuster accomplishment. It doesn't have to be a whole story or a whole task, but just something you feel that you accomplished since we last talked. And then last, you don't have to think of impediments or have impediments. And so there's one team I love that they either have impediments or insight. And insight is some type of aha or some type of something that they learn. And I, I like trading off impediments for insights. Now, I do have some teams that are using Slack. My suggestion is using Slack intermittent, not full-time. Again, some people are getting Zoom fatigue. But the one thing that I will say that I most like when I have teams set up to use Slack or any other type of kind of communication channel like that is that there's a very specific time box where everyone has to weigh in they actually have an acknowledge button that they read the other mem team members input. And then the other thing that I like is using a mood icon. So instead of just the regular script of what we did yesterday, what you plan to do today and your impediments, adding one additional step of putting your mood indicator. And that could be emoji, and I've seen everything from memes. It could be something silly. But what it did was it added a human element to the standard. Instead of just it feeling like you're just telling me what you did, you're talking about the work. Tell me how you're doing. And that's, again, important in the Agile atmosphere. Oh, and lastly, one of the questions about daily standards. Does it have to be first thing in the morning? My answer is no. 
you can have some flexibility. Now with teams being remote and working with people in different time zones, my, my emphasis is make sure that it's just as inclusive as possible and considerate of all of the team members and what's the appropriate time. If need be, sometimes you might need to alternate. It might not be the same time every day if that's a better way to accommodate different time zones, a give and take type system. Okay, that was just our first. So let me move on quickly. Sprint planning. Sprint planning, I've kind of given away the, the biggest caveat and secret to sprint planning is that you've got to do your backlog refinement. You've got to do your pre-work. And secondly, the whole team needs to be involved and weigh in. Probably the number one question I get around planning, especially when it's related to pointing, story pointing, is, is it just the engineers that estimate the level of work? When we're talking about vertical slicing, front end, the back end, and the middle, along with that is three inherent tasks, which is design, build, and test. So just like there's three layers in general, there are three tasks that are embedded with every story. So yes, testing is incorporated in uh, each of those estimates. it's not necessarily regression testing, it's functional testing. More of that to come in its own episode. As I said, I was gonna move quickly with our, to our next one, which is sprint review. And with embedded in sprint review, as a matter of fact, if I had my way, I would recommend changing the name because people think review, so, We'll just talk about what we did or what we didn't do and what we want to do. But the reality is a sprint review isn't a sprint review if there isn't a demo. And that's an actual demonstration of the solution. In this case, if we're talking software, it would be a demonstration of those stories. Now, a lot of people, I know that, you know, I, I hear in my head people moaning, oh, Demos, they're hard. You have to prepare for them. Well, they shouldn't be, especially if when you're doing your planning, that's what we just talked about, you have sprint goals. Your sprint goals should be stated in such a way that they tell you what you're going to demonstrate at the sprint review. Those two things book in the sprint, the sprint planning and the sprint review. It's a way of accountability. This is what we said our goal was. Now we're delivering it, and I can show you that what we planned is what we delivered. The sprint review, the sprint demo, also, I I love the connotation that it's kind of a way to test you, to test if you stayed focused during the sprint, if you accomplished those things, And if you're talking on a daily basis and you're saying what you accomplished, your accomplishments should be focused on the stories you committed to, 
and the sprint goals that you've committed to. So every day you're reassuring that we're on track for the sprint demo. If we're not on track, then let's have a conversation after the conversation. So let's have a, a sit down after the stand up to talk about how do we get back on track. So teams should think about at the end of your daily standups, thumbs up, are we on track? Thumbs sideways, do we need to have a conversation? Thumbs down, we're not on track. And unless I have, unless it's very clear and we've got a lot of thumbs down, then the expectation, we're gonna be ready for the sprint review, the sprint demo. Okay, sprint retrospective. What do I have to say about that? Sprint retrospective is not to talk about the work, it's to talk about how does team members, how do they feel? One of the things you can be this high performing team that's putting out great product, you're, you're killing it in the, the demos, um, the product owner, product manager is loving it, and yet you've got a burnout team. You got people who can't wait to get off the team. They're leaving the team. They're trying to change positions. They never want to work with this, you know, uh, product owner or business area again. Trust me, I've seen a lot of that. What we're not doing is focusing on team health. And what you're going to see is a bonus slide in this podcast where I'm going to show you this is how you measure team health. There's times where we might have to go full out, but that shouldn't be every sprint. There should be a balance. And your scrum master, shepherd, should be watching out for that. But even you as individual team members need to speak up when there are things that are causing problems. One of my biggest things with, that I suggest with retrospectives is keep notes throughout the sprint of little things that might be tearing at the fabric of the team, the team community, the team bond. Because we get to the end of the sprint and sometimes it's watered down or we've forgotten or we just don't bring it up. But if you already have a placeholder, some type of Kanban board where you put a placeholder on an issue or a conversation or just something that happened in the sprint that needs to be addressed. Use that conversation board to help you kick off your retrospective and to help you focus and, and to bring up those things. That might be hard conversations, but they will help the team be healthy in the long run. So there you have it. Just another aspect, a way to kind of shake up and to revive your ceremonies, bring new life to them, and just make them even more effective than they already are. Thanks for listening, and uh, stay tuned for our next episode.